If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome in to On My Block, a Green Bay Piper podcast with myself, Amon Green. I'm one of your hosts, along with my good friend and old teammate, Mike Wall. Man, how you doing? I'm good, man. I promise this is the last time we're coming from my uh, live from my closet. Well, yeah, I, uh, you got get, the you got the home I get my stuff. Ho- I get my house. I get my house back this week, dude. I'm so lazy. Well, I'm not lazy, but no, you're yeah, not I lazy. lazy. I am lazy, but like you know, all the lights and everything. Like I had like a little studio set up, um, and then they all got put under wraps. I'm just I'm SOL, man. I see. The only thing I keep showing is I keep repping my Lakers warm up from like 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I used to well, I used to stroll around. It was like two ninety five. Used to stroll around in it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, wearing that gear. Well, I'm in the festive mood. You can see I put the Jason mask on Black. Yeah, Panther, I see that. And I put the cheese head on on Bat on, on Bruce. Uh, this is a uh, the Ben Ben Affleck Batman right here. Um, so yeah, I'm in the festive mood. Uh, hey, what you think about that new Batman trailer, dude? We haven't talked oh, talk about that, dude. The Batman trailer. So dude, he looks good. Uh, I was I was kind of skeptical. Because he come from, you know, uh, Twilight. Twilight. Yep. <laughs> Man, I got I a said story. the same thing. I'm like, you got to be joking. I think it was pretty good. Right, so, but he has a range of, uh, he has, he's been, been delving into his range of acting chops. I've seen him in comedy, drama, suspense. You know, I see him, you know, and now he's a comic book character. So he's definitely, he's, de- he's bringing his experience over in the preview. And from, uh, and I watched the uh, DC fandom. I'm gonna talk about that on my Gamers Lounge podcast. But I'm gonna hit it on it here a little bit. And the DC fandom is basically like a comic con for DC uh, comic book readers, movies, TV, and toys. So they had big announcement in the preview. That's when the preview officially came out. Um, but they showed the preview of Black Adam, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Oh my God, he, yeah, he still needs. He probably need to get back. He need to either get get back on a football field or get back into wrestling. Uh, he gets enough? He's, he's had enough. He's, he, uh, no, no, he's, he's yeah, he's so big. He's so yeah, you're right. So he's, yoked, he's huge. It's funny how huge. much bigger. If you see something from him from like even from like ten years ago, fifteen right. years ago, he's almost you're almost like dude. It's you look like you look like a caricature now. Like he's right, a you monster. look like you ate somebody. You look like he eats people. Um, but the, I, I love it. I mean, he's in shape. He's over. He's fifty something. I know. Um, at least or forty nine. He's close to it. And uh, he's had a couple shoulder surgeries. I know over the years he's posted that stuff. Stuff I'm not into. If I have surgery, I'm not posting it. I think I, I might. My wife posted my. Uh, I had a uh, spurs. I had to get cleaned out of my ankle a couple yep. years ago. She posted it, but I was like, I'm not posting this stuff. But, but no, he, the the preview for Black Adam looks 
amazing, and it's been a long wait. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's it's on it's on you. It's everywhere. It's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can you know check it out. So, uh, speaking of superheroes, and speaking of uh, what's been going on, what happened yesterday for the Packers and Bears, as a as a, the Packer fans will look at it, they, they you know they'll say Aaron Rodgers they're they're superhero because <laughs> he because he he still owns the Bears. By the way, I didn't know this was a thing. I you know, know man. <laughs> that, I, listen, that, that was like. That was so super Aaron Rodgers is the reason that the Bears fans can never wake up happy. I mean, he really is. Right now, he, yes, he, yes. He's a he's the difference maker in the game. I mean, he just he's just the difference maker in the game. There's nothing you can do about it. And I love the fact that I love the fact that so many people right now, he's got the long hair and he kind of looks like he kind of looks like Uncle Rico, you know, and like <laughs> And, and you know he's, he looked like talking, he went to Cal Berkeley. He looked ta- yeah, like he's, ta- he he's talking Cal back to the fans now. Like I, I love it. Like I love where he's like he's almost like a heel, right, to everybody else. Like I kind of like it. Yeah, everyone's mad at him. Everybody's you know kind of pissed about it. he's holding the team hostage in the offseason, Blah blah blah. You can yeah. imagine he's just sitting back with a big smile on his face, like man, I got I got everybody right where I want him because he's he's just next level, man. It's 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 yeah. it's hard to describe. And we played with Brett, and Brett was was know, good. Uh, amazing no he was amazing amazing this guy this guy is like he's like he's like brett without all the all the picks you know what i mean like all the all like the chance plays he yeah he just it's like every one of them is like he's i'll just and in that situation he's either threading it because he's got the arm or he's just like Mm -hmm. i'll just take the check down you know he's just like it's he's just i'm gonna run it good man yeah Yeah, i'm gonna run it or i'm gonna run it or maybe take the sack and then come back and then kill you on the next play um so we're talking about the Bears-Packers games, uh, people tuning in. So the Packers won 24-14, and Aaron, like I mentioned, he owns the Bears, and he said it, uh, what is it, with excitement, juiced up after the big touchdown at the end of the game there in the when's end the last, zone. When's the last time we got the discount double take, too, man? We got the – I know, it's been a minute. We got the championship belt. That was the first, official. That was the first yeah, official was nice. of the season. So, yeah, we got the championship belt uh, gesture to get in um, once he scored that touchdown and, and celebrate with his teammates and a, a smile, you know, on, I like to see players celebrating with a smile on their face. I'll talk later about some of the other stuff of shenanigans going on in this uh, game of ours, uh, football, Mike, <laughs> and, yeah, and listeners in, but the Packers win. And for me starting, you know, watching the game from the start, it, they were starting a little slow, a little sluggish, obviously. And the bears defense came out hyped. And you're going to talk, I know you're going to talk about the D linemen that did their work in the beginning of the game for the Bears. But yeah, their defense slowed Aaron down. Actually, in the first 10 minutes of the game, he was sacked twice. So that right there, and, and we both know as athletes that the first five to 10 minutes of the game is going to be all excitement because everybody's motivated. You just come out the locker room, the coach just gave you a pep talk, or you're one of your teammates just slapped you in the face. Whatever you did, do to get ready for a game. You're amped up for that first five, 10 minutes, and then everything starts to settle after that in terms of your excitement, your gameplay, or the player's gameplay, and then obviously the plays being called because then both teams kind of show their cards on that first and second drive offensively and defensively. So, like I said, it came out slow. Bears defense played hard and, uh, you know, got in the backfield. And I know you're going to talk about later, too, how the pocket gets um, crushed down now and what teams are doing. I, I got yeah. some um, points on that as well, on why guys are doing that. But then also, you know, I, I watched uh, A.J. Dillon 
you know, he gets a lot more. He's getting a little bit more. He's getting into this offense, and I think this is a good thing because Aaron Jones is definitely going to need that come later in the season, having that uh, having that role player like A.J. right now coming off the bench, spelling him from time to time. Yeah, I think I think those guys are running great. You know, we used to talk about this in basketball, especially when you were you were going to somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. This is from high school all the way to the NBA. And it was, you had to endure the first quarter. You had to yes. endure the first quarter. You knew that the other team was going to come out hype. You knew that you were going to kind of get their best shot. And you just had to endure it and let it. And then at some point, it was the end of the first quarter, or the second quarter, the, the game was really going to be played. And it was just a question mm-hmm. of, can you endure and understand that they might even have a lead or they might have a little bit of a cushion, but you know that you're the better team. You need to come out and, and eventually, you know, emotions die down. You can't sustain that level of kind of emotional high for an entire game. And so you just endure, you reset, you reload, and then you come back out and the better team has to win over, over time. Right. And the difference yep. in football really is, you know, like you said, if, if, because of the individual matchups in football that are exposed on every play, mm-hmm. if you give up, like, let's say you give up two sacks, you give up a sack fumble for a touchdown or a pick six or those, but your memory is different in football because two points in basketball doesn't mean anything, yeah. but you know, seven points or a sack fumble, those mean a lot in football. So, you know, it's like the Ted Lasso, you got to be a goldfish here in the first quarter. Sometimes I got to watch that series. On Apple yeah. Plus. You gotta, I gotta you gotta watch be, that. Goldfish have no memory. So you gotta be that. <laughs> You got to be that goldfish in the in the first quarter and just be able to endure and deal with it and then come out again. But I, especially on the road because they were on the yeah, road, so that, that's and, important. And with, and with Chicago, I mean, honestly, you, and, you look and, at Chicago, Chicago, right. and they're going to be hyped up. They won two in a row, and Justin Fields is coming out. And like we talked about on this on this podcast before, like we're rooting for Justin Fields. I think right. I think I think the league's better when Chicago's got a good team. This is the first time they have a quarterback where I'm I'm going like oh wow like in, right. in a couple in a couple years as soon as they get rid of Goff in in, in Detroit and find somebody there like this this division is division. With quarterbacks all of a sudden right yeah. I mean you know if, if everything keeps continues the way it's going I mean you imagine if Stafford was still with Detroit right now this would be rivaling the NFC West for the for quarterback wise the best division in football or excuse me the AFC West the best division in football. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got because you got Aaron and he had a quiet day yesterday, two touchdowns, white, like five yards short of 200 yards, 17 for 23. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he's basically got into his comfort mode. I mean, and like I said, I already said that the Bears defense was uh, putting pressure on him. But I'll, I'll, I'll say for Justin Fields, that very first drive um, when they got the ball and they had the game plan, they had their first 15 scrolled out pretty much perfectly because every ball every play action, every, I say every ball that was thrown, every run play that was ran and even, and even the play action got Justin comfortable, got him into a groove early in the game. And that's what you want to do with really any quarterback. If you're dealing with a 20 year veteran, like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, 17 years, or you're talking about a first year player like Justin Fields, you want to get your quarterback um, comfortable in his groove right away, because then you do that. I say he uh, compared to him and uh, Justin Herbert out in LA when they get when you get those quarterbacks comfortable, then they, they then you could play your game as a uh, offensive coach, calling plays, you know, all, you know, short yardage, you know, goal line, things like that. You can make these plays. So that first drive goes down, yeah. scores a touchdown, and and boom, it, it was like now it looked like okay, the Bears here, here you go. Now it's going to be a game. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, th- I think that the mindset shifts as those guys get older. Right now, when you when you look at, you know, Herbert, to some extent, certainly with Justin Fields versus right. an Aaron Rodgers versus a Tom Brady, 
from a coach's perspective and from that player's perspective, the first 15 is really to test the, the defense, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, when, it is. when we think about it from our perspective, the first 15 is to test the defense because we want to get that information. So we know what we can kind of call later. The first yeah. 15 for, for Justin Fields right now is probably still to check those defensive things, but also we've got yeah. to get him in a rhythm. Like we can't start like we started against the Browns again. Right. So yeah. the way that they're, you know, scheme, it's almost, it's almost too bad. They can't, they couldn't, I mean, for them, it's almost too bad. They couldn't scheme like the first 45, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, because, right. No, I'm serious because it's, it's, you got, we, they, they got a lot of information from us in the way that we were going to play in the first 15 and we'll get into it later, but some of the stuff we did defensively, especially the way we're moving Gary around sometimes now. And it, it yes, you're taking right. away, you're taking away his it, kind of our best stuff when you make guys stand up over the center and run into the a gap and do all this nonsense, it's, it's, we'll get into it later, but we got, they got some information from there as well. But like you said, most importantly, get the young guys rolling and then it's going to actually, it, that's going to give you momentum for the rest of the game. Certainly. Exactly. Cause uh, on that first drive, they take it down to the goal line and a big throw to the end zone. Uh, I think I'm going to say his name, right? I'm going to try to say Yaya dumb. Um, oh, is this 24? Yeah, 24. Totally panicked. Bro, He's in hey, good. I'm watching. Hey, but we're watching the game, and I'm like, right. wait a second. Who is this guy? And I don't mean right. that in a bad. Hey, listen, everyone, right. I, I'm, everybody proud of you made the NFL and everything, but you, we don't know everybody's name, right? But I was like, True. wait a second. I don't know is, how to say What it. is going on out here, man? What is <laughs> so what is going on out here is yeah. he panicked. He yeah. panicked. He's in back. He's in He's in his defensive back position. Cleater uh, feet are planted right. He's in the right position. All he had to do is basically jump around the receiver and knock the ball down. But what does he do? He panics. He grabs him, tackles him, and boom, now you have first and goal. And it gives an easy run for uh, Chris Herbert, who he did, or uh, Khalil Herbert, who, who in the rundown, you'd be like, who is it? Who's 24? Oh, dude. Uh, or that was you talking about that 24 or no i'm talking about i'm talking about that 24 that 24 the packers I was sitting there going the okay. same thing man i don't play db but i'm like hey i'm pretty sure if you're running stride for stride with him you don't need to tackle him on the turn man we're, i think we're good you know right and i've seen this around the league and you and i remember the first couple of episodes of our podcast this season you mentioned this it's being it's either being poor technique being coached Mm -hmm. or I'll say to give the players the benefit of the doubt, it's their age. They think they, oh, you know what? I know that. And they're, and they're getting toasted. And so when they get to that situation that, that the coach is trying to point out, Hey, you're going to be in a situation. You're going to have your, you're going to be strive for strive with the guy and the quarterback's still going to throw it. And I'm going to tell you why they're going to throw it because they don't know. They know they're going to get the flag if you panic. So don't panic. Just play the ball, play your receiver. You had great technique. And just don't go through him and don't don't basically tackle him like and he did. So that's how uh, quarterbacks are being coached up today to throw that ball anyway. I checked; he's a fourth year player too. Like I, I was think I honestly was thinking when I watched the game that oh he must be a rookie. He must think he's still in college. You get that fifteen yard penalty, right? So like all the way down. I, I was literally that's what I, I was like. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he maybe he just thought he was in college still. But I was like, no, man, he's a fourth year player. But you're right. right. It's it is. It's not only technique. It's being in the moment and and. More than anything, Amon, it's it's what it's reps, right? You yes. just have to you have yes. to be reps in the moment. You have to be able to stand up in that situation. And look, we've we've all faltered in that. I've certainly faltered many times. Yeah, we've situation. been there. I've been there. You got you yeah. got to take the reps, and then hopefully he'll learn from that next week. It's always great when you do some really stupid stuff, and then you win the game. 
and you go like, ah, oh, man, I can learn from this. Everyone thinks you got to learn from losing, man. It's like, no, I like, I'd rather learn from winning. Yeah, I'd rather learn from winning, true. But uh, but that's something he can learn from. But Justin Fields is uh, he, and he showed up. He showed up that first drive, and then didn't really do much for the rest of the game. Defense, um, I say, adjusted to what he was doing offensively, and obviously what Nagy was calling, and the, and if the OC is even calling plays, I'm not sure. It's what's the the call play call uh, percentage if it's Nagy or his OC or what have you. But that second and third drive, Green Bay Packers defense, you know, stood up. You know, they they shut him down. Didn't didn't no points. So you saw Justin go through uh, different shades of being being okay. He says he's going to be a great quarterback one day. You can see mm-hmm. the the throws. You can see the reads and the, the, the running the ball when he needed to. But then also you found out, oh yeah, he's still a rookie quarterback. He's still made. He's holding. He's he's sitting in the pocket too long, or he's uh, making a decision, you know, to keep it, or uh, I say throw it into a place where it shouldn't be thrown, or just not seeing the read, you know, seeing the progression. You know, I saw a couple of plays where he had Herbert, uh, Herbert open this for a check down. Just take the mm-hmm. check down. I say you take those check downs as a young quarterback, or really any quarterback, and if you're not in rhythm, that helps you get in rhythm a little bit faster. Yeah, you know, just sitting in those offensive meetings for a couple of years, uh, and I'm talking about from the coach's perspective and watching yeah. film and looking at it from the coach's eye, it's really interesting. I remember sitting in, in film rooms sometimes, and the quarterback would be, like, either throwing a pick or, like, throwing it to the – like, you're watching the same film as I am, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that guy's open, you know, X, Y, Z. These guys are open. Why are you throwing it over there, right? And the quarterback <laughs> right. coach or the coordinator would be like, I like the decision here. And you're like, how could you possibly like the decision? And what happens right. is and sometimes we what, – what fans don't understand, I mean, because I'm a coach and I don't understand, right, is when you have a certain coverage, you make a decision to go, like, left side, right. Let's say you got a man beater and a zone beater. You right. make that decision pre-snap, and once you make that decision, you got to live with it. And then so from that, depending on what you see, you're going to throw to this guy or that guy or maybe your third guy, right? So they make these decisions, and the initial – the, like the impetus for the throw might be that initially pre-snap he chose man side when it was his own side or, you know, something like he made that initial decision. But after you start going through that, it's like, you're not going to go all the way over to the field. Like once you've made that decision, right. if, if we've split this field into left and right, you're just staying on the left side, for example. And it doesn't matter. Like, are you just going to make the, uh, the best of what's happening or you got to scramble? Exactly. And I think that's what happens a lot with, with these young quarterbacks is like they're trying, because again, you got to remember, quarterbacks at the college level are not running a lot of like extensive professional schemes mm. anymore. It's a lot of the spread offense. Everything's kind of taken over college football. Or they so don't have to with, think when they throw the before that's they throw the Well, they, the, the, the amount that they have to think is this, okay, pick left and right. And then you're going one to two to three or one to two and you're, or scramble. Right. And so you think about what do you, okay. So what am I doing as a, as a rookie quarterback, okay, I'm, I'm picking left and right. I'm oversimplifying this, but this is – I'm not that far yeah. off. No, you're not. I'm picking, I'm picking left and right, or I'm picking man or zone side. Now I'm going to pick – now I'm going through my two-step progression, and my third progression is probably check down or, or run, right? And it's just bang, bang, bang. And so you see stuff from young guys that don't – that are just still developing. And I'm talking about, like, football intelligence developing. You see stuff from young guys where the, it really is a head-scratcher because even, even at home, the fans watching the game are like, dude, why don't you just throw the check down? It was super easy. And it's like, well, the check down was on the wrong side of the field. That's not where I'm looking today. <laughs> it's it, it's exactly. crazy, but it's true, man. I, I swear, exactly. I promise you it's true. Yeah, yeah. It showed up, you know, it showed, it showed, you know for Justin, it showed up in his, uh, in his uh, decision-making. 
you know, going through his progression. And, and you know, and, and when I say another, I say another stack the block of learning from his mistakes. He's going to use this. Hopefully he can use this game, you know, as a, uh, as a positive thing. And then later in the game, it wasn't until second half where he had the, he goes five for five on a 10 play drive, 80 yard drive touchdown um, there as well. And a guy for me that showed up and he's a, he's, I'll just say it now. He's my player of the game because he was from the interior, Kenny Clark, you know, putting pressure, helping out uh, with the run game a little bit, but at those times showing up, he did get you know injured, but came off or came off the field, came back on. But the but them two big sacks, I say, in one of the last drives of the game for the Bears, he showed up to help win the game there. Yeah, it's, Kenny played great. Honestly, if if I hadn't given it to Mean Dean Lowry last week, I would have given him. I I actually thought because he pressured, and again, he was the guy creating that interior pressure that was forcing. Come on, Dean. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was in there for, again. Yes, was was, was right. forcing was forcing uh, Justin Fields to scramble. He got his hand on him a couple times. Very, very disruptive. And and I just, it's like some. It's so easy. I watch a lot of like interior linemen play now with yeah. technique and everything. That's and your, when you think job. about yeah. like what's what is the easy what's the no joke easiest thing to do these days? Most of these players stand up and they catch. So it's like just put your hands in the chest and drive them back to the quarterback. And he's just and he's just doing it. And he and like he looks. He reminds me of like Billy Lyon. Remember Billy Lyon? I'm here. Be like he reminds me. He reminds me of a badass Billy Lyon, man. Like he's just that guy. He's he doesn't look like a, a super um, physical body type or anything. He's just a guy, but right? He had this. But yeah, but he's super a smart. He's yep. he's got he's got he understands technique and he understands leverage. And he just gets his hands inside and just keeps winning. I just like the way he plays. My player of the game, though, honestly, if, if we're going to player of the game, AG. Yeah. I know he didn't have great stat numbers, but Aaron Rodgers was the difference in this game because we didn't, as a as a unit, as a team, mm-hmm. this was an ugly game. This was a sloppy game. This wasn't. This wasn't I agree. a. I agree. This wasn't a game there. where everybody showed up and, and gave ninety eight hundred percent. Right, like you're not getting you're not getting a lot of great scores in the grading sheet with this game. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was the difference in this game from the jump from the first play of the game. So we get like a, we get like a false start or some nonsense. Then the yeah. first play of the game, they pressure, they they're on him immediately, and he runs for a first down. Yeah, and I it's, remember that. It's yeah. like you're already setting the tone. Okay, we know that they're gonna he's gonna get pressure all day. But we also know from a defensive standpoint, oh, I forgot he could run. Like, right. you, yeah, how do you forget yeah, that? I forgot he would run. And so even though it was kind of dink and dunk, you know, 17 for 23, he didn't throw, but he had touchdowns, he ran for a touchdown, and mm-hmm. he just does what he needs to do. And this is this is the difference in these two teams when you when it for for you know 30 years now, is you've got on one side a guy who always has been able to just turn the right dials when it when they need mm-hmm. to win and then you know the bears they might have it now hopefully they have it now so it's a, it turns into a great series again but they just haven't had that exactly exactly he's been even playing great it's kind of like he's almost a hack you know between him and tom brady and pat mahomes and lamar jackson at the quarterback position those are hacks so my player game um like i mentioned already kenny clark two sacks three tackles and so for interior d linemen that's yeah, not that's easy numbers. to do that's numbers. That is putting yeah. in work. So he put in work from the D lineman standpoint because you know just watching him, like I said, didn't you don't see it because everybody's not watching the the guys. They're not watching your your position, Mike. They're watching they're watching running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. That's where the camera goes. But when yep. you really sit there and watch the game, like I did, 
I was seeing between him and Dean. It was close between them because Dean was getting in there. And and I've been noticing what you pointed out, too, about the offensive line these days, Mike. I've been noticing that, even at the Casa, where they just kind of sit and wait. And like, okay, I'm like, I'm not going to – I say, if I was an offensive lineman, I don't want to be a punch bag. You know, I'm going to punch you before you start your ET. Because if I punch you and you're trying to, you know, spin out of there, I'm going to throw you off your timing. So I'm like, I'm gonna be physical up from the up from the start. And and speaking of physical, I don't want to I want to bring it back to what you had in the run in the run of show. You said the Packers were more physical than the Bears. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So explain well, yourself I, there. Yeah. So I mean, I, I actually I actually thought the I think I maybe I wrote it wrong. I actually thought the oh, Bears yeah. were more. I actually thought the Bears were more physical than the Packers. To be honest with you. Oh, okay. I, yeah, about, you have the I'm, Packers. I'm so. about, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking about from. From a defensive line, and you got to remember the Bears' defensive line is special. Yes. Okay, yes, they're they're, they're special. special, no question about it. They got Mac. People don't talk about Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn is a and Hicks. absolute unique talent, right over at right defensive end. And then they got Akeem Hicks, right? They got other guys that can play, fill in. Their linebackers are physical players. Roquan Smith, a physical player. So their box players, I actually thought out. I don't want to say outplays. They were they were a physical group yesterday, and they they were in the backfield more than they should have been. Um, and that's probably you know, listen, if you don't win, we t- you said you just talked about the camera goes to the wide receivers and the running backs, but if you don't win the line of scrimmage, then it really does oh, yeah. come down to do you have a quarterback that can win the game for you, right? Exactly. I mean, it really it really does come down to that, and, and we're just lucky to have one. But I, I did think the Bears outplayed. I think our D, their D line, okay. their box players outplayed our offensive play. Now, having said that, the reason that Kenny Clark's your player of the game and, and Dean Lowry could be, you know, close second, close second because on the, on the defensive side, you know, certainly that I don't think anybody expected the Bears' offensive line to dominate our defensive line, right? And they didn't. You know, I think right. our defensive line played extremely well. Fifty um, nine's making so many. Play- I, we'll get into it with the trench warfare stuff, but yep. it's very interesting to kind of look at how how defenses are thinking about stopping the run and stopping the and stopping kind of all the motion and everything these days because of the, the way the offenses are situated now yeah i definitely agree with you and we'll hit that in trench warfare right after this on we're gonna go around the league so i'm gonna start with uh the vikings beating the lions the poor lions i like dan campbell he's that you gotta love him he's giving effort he's he's i know he's coaching up his team um, but the Vikings actually too, another team that's been struggling, but just losing games. And they, so they come on top um, and beat the Lions and Detroit or uh, yeah. Was it in Detroit? No. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was in Detroit. Detroit? Okay. Because yeah. Do, do, I think it was, but do you remember, I mean, the, the, one of the, the problems with this game is it's, and we just okay. talked about Stafford was here. You think about how good the NFC North division would be from a quarterback. Actually, my mistake, it was, it was Vikings, Vikings versus Carolina Panthers. I got that in wrong. My bad. <laughs> not the Lions, not the Lions, Panthers. My mistake. The Lions did lose. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so no, who did, but who did the Lions play? I'm just, because they got blown out. I thought I saw that score. I was like, wait a second now, that they lost by a lot more than that. Hold on, uh, I'll look it up real quick. But yeah, I was off a little bit with that. So, so one of the things seconds. that happens with the Lions game, right, is it's like fourth down and like, you know, they're, they're trying to put something together. And golf scrambles and just bangles, bangles. Yeah, that's right, bangles. Right? They got and they got spanked, and he just right. throws the ball out of bounds. And we talked about this last week. Like you can bring all this, you can bring emotion, right? 
you can you can bring a, a passion you can have a, a will and right. a desire to coach your guys up that only you know it, unless it's focused on improving in in the messaging and the conveying of a message to your team or conveying of like your technical ability or your ability mm-hmm. to understand you know football iq like it doesn't matter because you see what happens again when you've got a guy and, and you, i always look at it this way right like i not to digress too much off of off the Packers, but it's so interesting to me. Sean McVay is anointed as this quarterback guru, rightfully so. He's 32 right. years old when he becomes a head coach. Right. And, he's, and now you got to remember, Jeff Fisher brought in Jared Goff, right? And Jared Goff was a bust after literally year one. Everyone's like, this guy's there's he's not going to be a player, right? right? And so Sean I McVay shows that. up. Yeah. yeah, Sean McVay shows up and says, "I can win with Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff." So they, you know, they, they play and then eventually go to the Super Bowl. Yep. And then Sean McVay says, actually, I don't think I, I think he's what's holding our team back. Mm-hmm. I want to go get Matt Stafford. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, D- DC, he signed a, a six year deal in, in Detroit. I forgot who the GM is now. But if I'm looking at it from mm-hmm. my standpoint, if sh- there's nobody on his staff that is Sean McVay. Right. Right. So if Sean McVay is saying, I don't want this guy, why would you trade for him? I just don't understand. I just don't understand that. Like, and I, and listen, I'm all for redemption stories. Believe me, I'm, I'm a redemption story. Right. I just don't understand the concept of like, Oh yeah. Sean McVay didn't think he was competent. Like you, you remember like during the super bowl, the Pats kind of figured out like, Oh man, if we just, if we just change our defensive front, right before the snap he doesn't know what to do because sean McVay can't be in his headset anymore right that was the, that was the rub on golf right, sean McVay right. was literally telling him where to throw it to so if if sean's saying that hey you know what man i'm gonna trade for somebody who i think is can understand my offense better like right and I just think on their own sounds like and, and i'm trying and i'm trying to build a franchise i just right. don't know if that was the situation that was right for both sides and like you know root for i i you want everybody to reach their ceiling and have success in the nfl but I just I never really understood why they did that. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah, interesting. So that's cool. I like that. Good point. Good point. But I got excited about this Vikings game. <laughs> but it's Vikings versus, versus Packers. That's but it's right. because because I got a kid there that I trained when he was in uh, high school before he went to IMG Academy. Then he went to University of Buffalo. Then wow. he went to University of Miami in the transfer portal, which is a thing now. Uh, KJ Osborne went, uh, catches the game winning touchdown. So I was excited about that because I'm I've been knowing this kid since he was like eight years old, you know, forever. Really? That's awesome. He's like my nephew pretty much. So I always, you know, you know always send him a text message telling him, you know, you know, you know, have a good game, play hard, you know, focus, you know, tell him the stuff that, you know, that I did to get ready for a game. And so it was exciting to see. I was just hoping I saw the replay, but when I first saw it, I was hoping that helmet, he threw his helmet off. So I'm like, man, I hope that didn't hit nobody, <laughs> but it didn't. One of his teammates actually caught the helmet as he threw it a year because it was the game winner. I think if you do anything to win the game, you could do almost anything you want. Almost, almost to the limit of anything you want. Oh, oh okay. Well, go, Kigo, you got, you got it. Cause we'll talk about it. Go ahead. go ahead. Right. Right. So next game, we got the cards versus the Browns and Browns did not show up. They played hard. They got beat up though. And Cardinals have been on the road. Kyler Murray, I think he threw five touchdowns. Uh, Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Damn cheat code, man. <laughs> right. Uh, that scrambling and throwing on the run is just 
killer right now. And this is what we're going to talk. I know Trish Warford, we're going to hit on that. But but uh, Baker Mayfield lands very, very accurately on his, uh, I think, in, his right arm. Might it be his throwing arm? No, his uh, non-throwing arm. But right. still, hurts all in particular. Looked bad. And uh, he, he did finish the game and in the game. But uh, obviously, offense didn't do a whole lot for for the Browns and defense either. Obviously, they gave up 37 points there. So that was interesting to see. But then also a bigger interesting game around the league was the Ravens beating the Chargers 34 to 6. I was like, hold up. I was like, am I seeing this right? Because I've been watching the Chargers, LA Chargers play all year with Hubbard, with Eckler, and that defense and Mm -hmm. playing well and not getting blown out, playing teams to the final, you know, to the to the their quarterback special now their quarterback right, special that yeah Justin Herbert is special to come in his rookie year off of the just the, you know what you got to play right now you know we lost our starter in Tyrod Taylor through uh, a physical trainer uh, mix up you got to play bro do you know to play get in there just go and I think that for me that's the best situation because then you don't have that lead in because that lead in you've been practicing all week. Yeah. You're going to be the starter. Sometimes builds that anxiety and that nervousness. But when you say, when you got to say, you know what, you can you have no time to think you had to get in there and play. I think that's a good situation. And that's what he did. He's like, you know what, from his rookie time, but then this game right here, just, I didn't see, I saw a few of the highlights, but just seeing the score, I was, you know, halfway through the day, I was checking my fantasy, you know, my players. All that, then I see, I see 34 to six Ravens over Chargers. I'm like, what the heck happened? So one thing I saw that showed up was Lamar Jackson did his thing. And that it just goes to show kind of where from these first few games that the Ravens had, because they've been playing some tough games. You know, mm-hmm. the Raiders mm-hmm. showed up on Monday night, beat them in overtime. And then a couple of weeks later, they had another overtime off game. So now I think those games got them they're mentally strong to that Chiefs that game. Chiefs game man that Chiefs game changed the tone because they've been they've yes. been waiting on that game for a long time and Lamar yeah, Jackson exactly. Lamar is anybody playing and there's nobody playing better than him man you know right now it was, no. it was so funny man there was like some there was some dude who went on uh, ESPN like he got his one moment in ESPN he's like trying to think of something to say to be memorable like it was right. like one it was some guy you don't even know man he's like. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I think we, I think our defenses might have figured him out this year. And you just, I mean, if you're, if you're a player, you're like, how do you figure out four, three speed? A dude can throw the ball 80 yards. Like, how do you figure that out exactly? Right. How do you, know, you like, stop that? And then they start looking at like, more people on the field. And then they look at like advanced analytics. They're like, oh, well, if he throws outside the numbers, he's no good. It's like, nah, all right, bro. dude, you, you figure out how to force that to happen all the time. I, I just, I love, I love, uh, it's great to be a fan, obviously, right? It's and it's great all the money that we put in with like media and advanced analytics and stuff. But right. Like, I hate that. I hate that we have to create a narrative, and then sell a narrative, and then talk a narrative, and then realize the narrative is nonsense all in the same news cycle every week or every day. But I, that guy's so special. Dude. That, that guy's so, so special. Hey, one he thing is. I want to go back and like talk about the Browns real quick is, and yeah, we talked about this yeah. before is like. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. Is he as good a quarterback as some of the other guys in his draft class? Maybe not. He's a really, really good quarterback. He was missing two starting offensive tackles yesterday. True. Right? Yeah. It's like you we and nobody even talked. I don't I didn't hear one person talking about it all day yesterday or today. It's like it, that's a big Jack, missing Jack Conklin is a big deal. Like he is the best right tackle in football. Like recognized, you know, right. game. That yeah, is a huge game. deal because that sets the edge in your run game. That sets the edge yep. in your passing game. Like, it's not – this is not an easy sport to begin with. And you're just going to take out two of your best players. It's like, 
let's 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 just be real about what's happening in some of these things. Did he did he have the best game? No. Could he have played better? Absolutely. Does that have a huge impact on his ability to execute? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's something we're talking before we started the show here is the same thing with uh, Pat Mahomes at the Super Bowl. You got Eric Fisher gone. Then you had another, I can't remember his name, but another offense. You had two guys that have been starting all year, and all of a sudden they're gone for the for that for Pat, the biggest game in his career. For anybody's career, it's the Super Bowl. But for uh, referring to that, so yeah, that is a big and fans, some fans, the hardcore, some of the non-hardcore fans don't see that. Some of the non, I say really good analyzers that that talk about it on ESPN, on, on Fox, CBS, and all that, they miss that. That O-line is where the game is won and lost. D-line, game is won. I already know it. I know that as a running back. When the, when the D-lineman was getting in our backfield, we were going to have problems because the run game was a part of our offense. Play action was a part of our offense. So if that wasn't clicking, you pretty much – you didn't shut us down, but you 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 slowed us down in, in, in some points because eventually players are players. Sometimes I showed up. I was like, you know what? This ain't going to happen. You know what? You might be getting in my backfield. I, I remember – I remember halftime of the Raiders game, the game where uh, Brett's dad had passed away the day before. Mm-hmm. And and I remember halftime of that game, I think you said it, and you and Marco kind of said it, but I think it was you. You was like, AG, we're getting our ass kicked out here, man. I don't know how you're picking up yards right now. <laughs> I'm blocking. You was like, Amon. You was like, Amon, I haven't blocked nobody all night. That, that game, Brett threw like four touchdowns in the first four drives. True. And we're sitting there like they had Rod Coleman and all these guys, and we're like, I don't think we're blocking anybody. Like, I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> like, 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 man, it was just one of those nights, dude. You know, it was. one of those nights. You're like, man, am I doing? Am I doing my job right now? Like, I'm, you said I'm that I was, to like me. diving. Yeah, I'm like, I'm diving on the floor, like trying to like push people by. I'm like, man, I don't want to get anything done. But we had like five touchdowns in the first five drives or something. It was some nonsense. That was a that was a crazy. It was, night. It was amazing. It was a special night. It was a crazy special night. But yeah, when you said that to me at halftime, I just kind of like. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> then I know what to do as a running back. Hey, they, them guys can't hold blocks very long. Let me get the ball and get up out of there. You know, and they, so they helped me in my game. And then uh, later uh, last night, or later, uh, one of the three, three o'clock games, other big game, actually big game for the team and big game, obviously, for one of their players. So the Cowboys go into New England and beat them 35-29. Dak Prescott and his teammates played great football. But I say better yet for him, you know, obviously what happened to him last year on all levels, from a physical level, a team mental level, because to me, what I said, when they didn't give him his contract before the injury and then the injury happened, I suggest on Jerry Jones. I said that karma came on that organization, knowing they should have paid that during training camp before the season started. They should have gave him that contract and not lead to this game, the season injury, injury that he had. And then you saw how the team went. After that, the team just went downhill after their starting quarterback because he he was a friend to a lot of players on, on that team. Obviously, they're some of them teammates are really close buddies, and when they talk, you know, when they know that a player's done wrong, it kind of it, it it puts everybody in a mental fog. And you kind of saw that Ezekiel wasn't playing up to his up to his potential, and other players on offense and defense you saw. But then now, where that team is at now, it's great to see Dak playing great. Um, and then also to the other side of the team, other side of the ball, Matt Jones playing I say for a rookie quarterback to do for him to be doing what he's doing so far he is showing up he is being the quarterback that they drafted right now for the New England Patriots I'm liking his game right now yeah he, he I like his game too he just seems to have a good poise about him he doesn't throw a great ball 
Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning didn't throw a great ball either, and he was, you know, no, that thing was wild. Best yeah. of all time, right? So, right. Dak Prescott, I, you know, Dak, Pres- I'm a fan. Like I, I, I don't generally root for the Dallas Cowboys, and I probably still don't. But man, I really, Dak Prescott's a, a dude that you. It's really hard not to like him. Sure. He's just, he, he seems like likable, and you know, I know how everything played out last year with his contract, but you almost think, like. Putting in Andy Dalton, seeing how bad they were, and seeing how the team went without him, it's all it, it kind of did him a favor, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? In some sense, Absolutely, like they didn't yeah. they understand. Yeah, it's like you, you know, you you don't know what you got until it's gone. Um, one thing that happened at the end of this game that was interesting, Ag, is you know, Ceedee Lamb gets that touchdown, right? And then he's walking to the end zone, taunting that like that's taunting. Oh my as far god! As I'm right? Exactly. He's, and he's waving at him stuff, and I'm like, hold up now. No flag. First of all, I don't. I don't even know what you do at the end of the game because the game's over. So I don't know if you flag him or not, or you find like it I doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad they don't do anything. But <clears throat> I was like, I was honestly shocked that that was not a brawl. I was shocked that it was not a brawl. I, and I think I, it, I thought for sure that guy would have just. I would have gone after him. Now I know the you know maybe the Patriots are too disciplined, but I would have gone after that guy. There that it was, is. That there, was terrible. You already said it. I think that Bill Belichick has this team well disciplined to right. not go for that. He did push him, you know, which was legal. That's a fine mm-hmm. push because he did. You know, CD CD caught the ball, and then before he gets to the end zone, he already is holding the ball out. So he's mm-hmm. taunting him then, but he's not obviously directing it towards him. But he's saying basically, "I got you, game over." But then, and once he pushes him down, yeah, the waving, I was like, oh, come on, bro. I was like, come on. You won the game. Let it be. But, yeah, no flag. And, and, and it's to my point to where it's the end of the game. I think it's nothing on the clock. Well, it was just a field goal they had to do, right? The PAT or was the game over? I can't remember. Game's over. They don't have to do a PAT. And, yeah, it's okay. the last play of the game. So, yep. so since it's that part, then the referee's like, I'm out. You know, my yeah. job's over. <laughs> Soon that clock hit double zero. Hey, you, you remember how fast was if like if it was a highly contested game? You remember how fast those refs yes, were out there too, man? Man, they're running. Oh, they hey, they're trying to they're trying to avoid the tomatoes and shit coming from the stands, bro. I've, I've seen I've seen referees full on soon that clock hit zero 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 zero. Yeah. They were like, you say boom, they were out of that jam. <laughs> I was like. I was like, where are they going? <laughs> it was like, because it was a We're trying to enjoy this. We're trying to enjoy yeah. this, man. <laughs> right, you know? So it was like, okay. But yeah, that's probably because with, with, with uh, my old kid that I trained, KJ, his thing was that there's a game winning. So he threw his helmet. So he could do He could do that. He could break the law yeah. of the NFL when it's game over, when it's the walk-off home run or the walk-off catch for the touchdown. You can do that. So I guess that's where the taunting gets nullified, you know? All right. All right. Now we're getting in. We're going to dig in. We're heading into this trench war for you. Got some some nice topics in here that I want to dig in with you. I'm going to start it off, though, with watching Aaron Jones in that backfield. Now, you know, this is what I do as a running back, just like what you do as a you know, former offensive lineman. I'm checking what he's doing and obviously running the ball, passing the ball or catching the ball did great um, on Saturday, on Sunday, but then also picking up the garbage. And what I mean by picking up the garbage is even though that you guys got your block. Maybe it's a little color. You know, I might go off. I'm going to my left coming out the backfield, and I see a little color back to my right. I'm just going to chip him back on top of him, on top of you, so he makes sure, you know, he doesn't, you know, fall off and, uh, you know, get get into the back defense or the offensive backfield. And I saw Aaron Jones do that. And a lot of things, when he came into the league, the knock was biggest knock was his size. You know, can he handle the hit? Can he handle, you know, just because he's only maybe 200 pounds? And and right now he's showing up. Yeah, he's a little guy, but it's the effort. It's the want to, to hit people. And to do that, 
that actually sends a good message to your offense alignment. And they needed the help because uh, Myers went out again within the first series. I think they said it was a finger, it, finger or ankle injury. I wasn't sure. They were talking about hand and feet. They were talking about everything. So, um, but then also, uh, was it Royce came in young, another guy who basically got taken advantage of. You'll, you'll speak on that a little bit later. But to see Aaron Jones come in there, knowing as a veteran running back that you got to do a little bit of the dirty work too. You know, not just be all, you know, showboat, get to the end zone, do that dirty work. Then you keep your offense alignment, knowing that you're a pretty good person, that you, that you smart too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, and you watch, you watch around the league guys that aren't willing yeah. to pick up the blitz, man. I was, I was watching the Texans Colts game earlier today. Mm-hmm. And you remember David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. I remember, remember him. him. He was a good yes. player for a couple of years, right? You very, should very watch good. this guy. You should see this guy whiffing on or getting run over and, and, uh, oh, I mean, come. you just, it, it's just sad. Like you'd be embarrassed. You know, it's just sad to see right. So Aaron Jones, all those, all those guys are willing to do work, right? All those guys, Aaron Jones is is willing to do work, and and you you certainly appreciate it. I think what, again, we talked about before, the the Bears' defensive line has some really good players. Their guys are going to get off and get and and make plays. You see, there's some missing because we're because our offensive line is missing players, and now you know Myers goes out again, and you know we Mm -hmm. got some young guys playing. You see it for the second the second week in a row we basically have like a slide to the right and Royce Newman lets that B gap. Like he doesn't, he doesn't I come saw it. help. I right. Saw so it this Mac, week. Mac, com- Mac comes in on Billy on, mm-hmm. uh, on Billy and Billy's just pa- like kind of passed him off. Cause he thinks the guy's going to be, the guard's going to be right there. Yep. Royce doesn't pick him up sack early in the game. 52 is getting off now t- in, in Rogers face. And you know, there's, there was that, there's a couple other miscommunications. There's a couple of times. Akeem Hicks is going to make a young player look bad a couple of times regardless. Cause yes, he's it. just that kind of guy. Like, He'll spend a couple of plays a, a game just trying to make you miss instead of even worrying about what he's doing because he wants to, he wants you to, to think about what he's going to do and kind of get in your head a little bit yep. so he can be more effective on the field. Um, Robert Quinn, I, I said it before, I just think he's a, he's always been an incredible player, underrated, underrated. guy. I would say yeah, underrated. Just, I agree. Just a, guy, underrated. just a guy that you don't think about a lot, man. But yep. he's he's really really a, a a guy that has one of those unstoppable moves, and you just kind of have to hope 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 you time it or hope the quarterback gets rid of the ball but right. if, but if he if he just if he gets enough chances it's just a matter of time he's going to wear you out and get you once so yeah i saw one of his sacks the early sack uh Aaron, yeah. where he literally he was like between plastic man and spider-man reaching yep. down and reaching for aaron's legs and grabbing him so it just shows you that athletic ability of quinn and quinn is more of a like his build, even though he plays football, he's more of a like a basketball build, like a power four. So you know, he, here's a, I know Quinn, right? Here's a funny okay. story, right? So I yeah. think I want to say it was eighth grade or like sophomore year or something like in high school. And he told me this. I, I have this backed up from like another guy, but he told me. Uh, right. He told me that he went. There was like an announcement. Like anybody who wants to try out for for wrestling, get on the bus. It was like a Tuesday. I get on the bus after school. Right. So he just he's like ah oh, whatever he hops on the bus like, he he became like three time state champ, like he's like that guy he just started. He's just like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Yeah, go yeah, yeah. No, but he's like he's that. And if you saw him, you'd be like, because he's he's just built. He's like he's like built different. He's like an evolutionary like. Oh, yeah, it's like uh, Jamon Curse. Yeah, you don't look like everybody else. Like. <laughs> yeah, Jamon Curse. Around, you don't, yeah, you don't move around like everybody else. Like he's real like he's real like smooth and everything when he walks, even though he's a big dude. You know, it's just right. like ah, oh, this is a little bit different, man. But. Yeah, that was- I, I, 
I think I've really got a lot of time for the Bears defense in general. Um, the box players are awesome. Let's go. I think Let's go. I, th- I think our defense, what's interesting to me now, you see this a lot around the NFL. Mm-hmm. We talk about kind of box players and how you were stopping all the motion and we're stopping the wham block. We talk about the wham tight end scamp blocks so they go backside like other defensive end yeah. or, or yeah. trap or trap the inside uh, three technique. We're starting to crowd the line of scrimmage. So we'll have five, six, seven players on the line of scrimmage and we'll mm-hmm. just have like one linebacker in the back. And they're basically saying we're going to box you in and we're going to have those guys on the end crash down and keep making plays. It's almost like you're going running the old like Sam Strong safety blitz back in the day, right? We're yep. just going to crash one side. You're not going to get outside of us. We're going to force you back in and we're going to try to hit you before you get to the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage because we're always going to be unblocked. The problem with that is, is eventually you start popping through and then it's, it's, there's, there's one guy on the second level. And then the third, and then you have the third level, right? And then you have the, and there, because everybody's back in coverage, right? Yeah, yeah. So it becomes problematic. And if your team, like, unless your O line just doesn't run a lot of trap game, or like they don't have that power mm-hmm. trap game where you can cut that defense, and you're always running the zone, it makes a lot of sense. You see why guys are doing it. But the counter to that is like, let's cut the defense, let's get a double team, trap him, you know, get that trap block in, and now we have these huge holes and lanes and. It happened a couple of times later in the third quarter, fourth quarter, where we start making those plays because of these traps and because of these power game. But anytime you're just trying to keep running those inside zone, outside zone, trying to dress it up with different motions, it does become a lot harder when you crowd that line of scrimmage. So um, yeah. it's happening everywhere. Good defensive play. And then obviously some interesting adjustments. Yeah, I see it though around across the league. And I say my point to why defensive coordinators are doing this is because of the scrambling quarterback. You got you know, majority of the league, you know, Aaron's is one, even though he doesn't, th- he does it when he needs to. Um, mm-hmm. But then you got Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, um, the kid up in Buffalo, um, um, Allen, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. So you got to do that. I say to my, as I see that as an offensive player, how I see it is when you, when I saw a crowded line of scrimmage, you knew one or two guys, if you, you knew one thing, okay, if either all the guys are blitzing or one or two guys are blitzing, you want somebody else going to drop into coverage. That's what they're trying. They're trying to, you know, make you stay on your toes. So I like that. So they're testing these quarterbacks that are scrambling quarterbacks. So to see if they've been doing their homework, watching film, and then and then also, you know, if they work on their anxiety of not panicking when that ball hits their hand once they snap it, when they clap, whatever they do, if it's a clap or they say, huh, give me the ball, you know, green, green 80. They want to see what that quarterback is going to do. And obviously the offensive line as well. How are they going to, you know, you know, communicate off that you know off that okay one you got the double a blitz or you got the double a mug you got two linebackers there one's gonna go you know into covers the other one blitzes now the t- you know, center and tackle or center and guard gotta talk okay this is i got a three technique here too where are we gonna go you know so mm-hmm. we gotta do that communication either verbally or um just know it because of experience and being with that that fellow offensive lineman that center that guard that tackle that's next to you knowing okay there's a game coming this is what we're going to do. And obviously that stuff has happened. It, it's handled during the early part of the week on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays when you see it on film, but then obviously it could change up during game time, but just knowing that you at least have somewhat of an idea when they do this, this is how we're going to react and have that communication right there. Cause if you don't have that, you are getting pushed and put into the quarterback's lap or you're getting pushed and put into the running back's lap, getting the handoff, uh, you know, you don't want, and you don't want that. So that's where, that's I, that's my point of where these defensive coordinators are coming up with this because they 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 know that they cannot let 
majority of the quarterbacks get side outside that pocket because then it's a problem. And like you said, you break through the middle, there's nobody on the second level or level two or level three because level three is out and cover, covering all the uh, wide receivers and tight ends that are running routes right there. Yeah, it's like you remember well, the other thing that you and I always used to hear in meetings was, hey, if they're run, if got if defensive linemen are spiking and moving around, it's because they really don't think they can take you one v one, right? They don't think they can hold yeah. up, and so that because that kind of gives us a, a little bit of like a head advantage, right? Like our, like our headspace right. is a little bit better, and motion is what. So if motion is what you do, you can't play against the other team straight up. Like you saw the AJ, AJ Dillon's first run. It was, mm-hmm. it was a trap play. Like, you cut that defense because when that guy spikes, you're soft. When you go horizontal, when my hips are turned towards the sideline instead of the line of scrimmage, yeah, I'm weak now. I can yeah. be moved off the ball, okay? And if I don't get to my gap, we all have problems because everybody else is – it's just like when you start it's, – it's like we don't need to be cute. If you're good, you don't need to be cute, no. right? You don't need to do the motion. You don't need to turn your hips towards the line towards the, the sideline. You come downhill, you play ball, you defeat your man, you or or you you uh, defeat that double team. Exactly. We do the same thing as the Packers. We do the same thing on the other side. We start out the game and we got Gary standing. He's our best pass rusher. He got him standing up in the A gap. He's trying yeah. to he's blitzing into these basically these double teams. They're trying to run these pick stunts and whatnot. If that is not if that is uh, not allowing him to use pass rush moves or use that that stab or that bull and an extension against exactly. the tackle, you're really just taking reps away from you're your best him. player. Yeah, yeah you're, you're taking your reps him. away from your best player. And, like, if you're going to rush three guys, right, and they're all going to be inside or, or you're rushing four, but you're, you're spending three, three of them just wadding them up like that, you're actually making it – I think defensive corners get confused, man. Like, you're actually making it easier for the defensive line or the offensive line, excuse me. Like what makes the game hard is one V one with space, space them out one V one or a really good ET or TE game that they run the mesh. They're not trying to pick to run the mesh. When I say run the mesh, like I'm just trying to beat you. Right. And I'm the penetrator. I'm trying to beat you. And then the guy who's coming around like on the E on the TE game, he's just, he's just playing off me. Like I'm not just trying to pick his guy. I'm just trying to beat my guy. Right. Period. Those are the hardest things to block. And sometimes when we do all this cutesy stuff, it's like, oh my God, man. Like I you know. It kind of it kind of brings up when you say that, it almost sounds to me like the defensive coordinator is babying the defense. Because yeah, he's like he, he's basically no see, trying to he's like, how can I figure out to get my guys in the defensive backfield? When they already have the talent, this takes me back to a couple years ago when um the old defense, old defensive coordinator for the Packers was here in his first year with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith and what they did. Then you look, then you go to year two, Preston Smith barely gets four sacks for the year. When his first year under um, a Pettin, other Pettin, yep. he had a, he had ten, yeah, him and between him and Zadarius was like 18, 19 sacks. Yep. But then you go to year two, and I found out I started watching more film halfway through that second year under Pettin, and I noticed they were dropping Preston into coverage. They was putting him into the curl flat or to the hard flat. And I'm like, what are you doing? Did that last he's week your, in Cincinnati. Second he's your game. best defensive rush. Yeah. At that time, Zadarius and Preston Smith was wreaking havoc on the AFC uh, North. And obviously any team they faced, they went 13-3. and three, And then now you're putting them into coverage? What? It, so I say – I say this to people all the time that are, you know, didn't obviously play at our level of sport is that sometimes coach can overcoach. They, they could do something yeah. 
thinking they coaching when it's like, wait a minute, it wasn't broken in the first place. What are you doing? Don't change that. And they changed that for Preston. Like you mentioned it, they changing that for Gary right now. It's like, why are you standing him up? Let well, him they, eat on the ground. They ran they put in the ground. They ran Z on the, last year. They ran Z, Z Smith, mm-hmm. they'd stand him up and put him up against the guard, right? That's a different that scenario because they because they ISO because right. now they're ISOing him, right? That's yeah. different. That's than what I'm saying, which is like you run like two two techniques and you line them up in the middle. It's just like three on three. Like I don't I don't get that. But all right, now we're getting into get off my line. I'm get off my line. I'm gonna start this one off, bro. Hey, me and the wife went to go. Hey, I'm a Halloween guy. I love horror movies. I critique, you post all I mean, those horror movies. You watch yes, all those movies? Oh, yes. I, man, I, I know just as much about horror as what I know about football, okay? I'm an wow. expert. And so when I went to the theater, played, paid my hard-earned money <laughs> to go see Halloween Kills. So Jamie Lee Curtis, she's yep. like 70. Okay, Michael Myers got puts him at like, he's like seven. No, no, am I, uh, Jamie Lee's almost 80. Let's just say that. She's almost 80. She looks it in the movie with the makeup. And then Michael Myers put him, that puts him around like 68, almost 70 years old. Like if you do actual time, you know, if yeah. you do actual time on how old they are. So you got this old dude still wrecking hell on everybody in Haddonville, Illinois, which is a fictional place, by the way. I looked it up just so you know. Um, it's not a real place in Illinois. And it, it, it needs not to be because this last one right here, Oh, my God. Get off my line with this movie. This movie... Okay, Mike, I'm going to set up the scenario. This is a scene. Spoiler alert. So if you want to go see this, you better mute the uh, mic right now. Spoiler alert. Okay, we had we had two scenes, Mike. Mike Myers walks out the house. Yeah. You had nine, nine, ten maybe, firemen strapped to the T. Axis. Pick axes. They even had the the buzz saw that gets people out when they're trapped in a in a vehicle. Jaws of life. Got the, the jaws, jaws of, of life. life. They had the jaws of life. He <laughs> takes them all out. How? Does what is his superpower? Is he just a dude? I thought he was just, just a crazy a dude. guy. He's just a dude. He may he may have the help of the devil. That's about it. Okay. He may have paranormal powers, but we still don't know. But two scenes of nine or more people. He is still living. How? I'm like, okay. I, I get it's a horror movie. I get it. I get it. You gotta, you gotta blood sales. We know. But I want something. At least give me something real. Like he walks. Okay, it's one or two people. He takes them both out. I could get that. Okay, two people. They, you know, they're not accustomed to fighting and stabbing and killing because you gotta have a mindset for that. I get that. One, but when you have nine people professionally trained how to wield an axe and a pick a pick a pick a pickaxe mm-hmm. and you kill them all no that's where i was like no nah, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 happy get off my line with that i, I would prefer, see i, I prefer a psychological thriller you know what i mean like i like psycho like like psycho of the lambs psycho yeah or like like remember psycho when like it turns out like he's actually dressing up as his mom and like talking right. like that was kind of like that messed with your head a little bit right but it these is. guys like jason's the same way the only one that I always like, I always rock with Freddy Krueger because I kind of got it. I was like, okay, so he lives in your dreams. So, I yeah. mean, I know it's not real, but I'm like, okay, so he could really never die because, like, as long as you're imagine, You know, you start, I started, like, going down that rabbit hole. Right. But these guys, dude, I never got these guys. I'm like, I saw the they first one. I was like, so he escaped from, like, an insane asylum. He just kills people. Okay, cool. 
and then he never dies. He made it like 27 movies. Like 27 movies later, he's still walking around his old ass. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Get off my lawn. Or get off sure. my lawn with that, Jamie Lee. And she's one of the executive producers by now. She should be, but she. Oh, well, God. she's cash. Hey, Jamie, man, they're just cashing in. That's exactly. like, it brings me to this one, though, dude. So I take my son to see uh, Venom Carnage. Let there be Carnage, whatever, right? So my yeah, son right, is like, right. so my son's 13, and we're sitting mm-hmm. in there. And so I think it's like PG 13. It is. It and is. so they have all, yeah, there's all these movies. And then they had this, they had a scary preview, bro. And like, it, I think it might have ruined the movie for my son. He was like, oh my God, because they had this movie. I forgot what it was called, but it's basically like this dude snatches people, throws them in a van, snatches little kids, acts like a clown or something, he throws them in a van. And then he throws them in like his basement. And again, you're in like the Midwest. I saw that preview too. You know I saw I mean? that preview too. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And then, and then, you know, so like every dead, every person this dude's already killed. Right. And comes and tries to like give the kid a little clue and stuff. But it's yep. like, it's like a, it's, you know, it's a snatch, it's like a snatch and grab deal. So I'm a parent. I'm like, man, I, it's the one movies I hate to see. Like, I'd rather see like Freddie like, killing my kid in his sleep than like some dude in a van, like just like, like grab my daughter and like put him in a van. Like, I hate those movies. Right. Like, that is really my only kids. nightmare. That's my yeah. legitimate nightmare. But you then do. my son looks over, he's like, He's like, dude, what are we watching? I'm scared now, man. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm scared too. I hate this. I came to see a damn Marvel movie. What happened? <laughs> that is I know. That, man. I, I'm trying to find the preview, but I know the movie you're talking about. It has uh, Ethan Hawke as the serial killer. Yes. Or the killer. Yes. Yep. I can't think of the title, but we'll find it. We'll find it maybe the next podcast. So, oh man, yeah, they they, they didn't make any money. It's Halloween. They're trying to cash in, bro. Just like, just like all these quarterbacks and some players have been cashing in, like Tom yep. Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So, okay, this goes back to me to last season with Tom. So I love him to death. You know, I wish I was a teammate of his. It could have been, but it didn't happen, whatever. All right, so let's go back to the Kansas City. I want to say the Super Bowl. When he's talking trash to the Honey Badger, Tyron. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Matthew. Lou, yep. uh, Matthew, yeah. Remember, it was a it was a point in the game where they're you know, the Tampa Bay is going down the score, and I think Tom throws either he throws an incomplete pass that almost the Honey Badger almost picks off, or he throws a touchdown, and they're kind of trash talking like as Tom Brady. But you but what what you don't see, I say a lot of people probably saw it, but they don't acknowledge it because it's Tom Brady. Right. But he's basically staring Tyrone Tyrone you know Tyron Lou or Tyron Matthew down. He's like eyeballing him. And you know, on the football field, when you eyeball somebody, you pretty much trash talking, right? So it's a subtle way of trash talking. So <laughs> then the next play, Tyron, no, he remember they walk past each other, and Tyron That's Matthew it. bumps into Tom. That's right. And, get, and he gets the flag. And I'm like, quarterbacks oh. are like, but quarterbacks are like puppy dogs, right? Yes. Like, like if like, but let's be real though, okay? You, I've I've told this a million times like you're you're one of the toughest dudes i've been around but i was also around steve smith okay yeah you were so so, so he's he's a wild man and when you i mean i'm just like there's certain people on the field that will look at you and you're like oh ears up all of a sudden now we're about like something's about to happen it's about to go down i've never in my entire life thought that when a quarterback looked at me that would be like (laughs) that would be like if like ryan remember ryan long if ryan long will look at you sideways they'd be like Right, what's wrong, bud? Like, what's wrong? What can I do to help? You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's that, that's how I feel like a quarterback looks at it. Like, what are you like? What are you gonna do? You know, you know. Right. So I think that's how. But I think that's how 
I know that they're not going to get flagged because they're quarterbacks and everything, but I kind of think that's how everybody looks at them. I just like, I'm, I'm just projecting on everybody else the way I feel right. about them, but I'm like, oh, you guys are just like little cute puppy dogs, man. You couldn't hurt a soul. But to my point, okay, fast forward to this year now, this past Thursday night game um, that Bucks had, and uh, they played against Philly. So he throws a pick, and the D defense alignment, you know, you turn around. You look for the quarterback or you look for the running back to blow the tackle or block. I mean, to block because mm -hmm. it's an interception. Mm -hmm. And so the defense alignment, what he does is he just puts his hand on Tom Brady and he's shoving him. He's being subtle. He actually is being nice to Tom. I don't know if Tom realized that. He's actually being nice because he could have took Tom out. But he's just hand, he just puts a hand on his shoulder and Tom knocks it down. He puts it in there again. Tom knocks it down. And then eventually, Tom gives somewhere in there. No, at the beginning, he gives him an elbow to the face mask. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm like, there it is again. There's the taunting again. But no, who gets the flag? The second player, as we know. you, The second person always gets caught. So get off my line. And then Aaron, I love him to death. He beat the Bears. Yes, they beat the Bears. We know that. We love that. But, homie, you do the, the this double check. And then I heard it this morning. Clear oh, as day. Clear as day. I own you. I bleep, 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 bleep. Still own you. <laughs> yeah, but Bruh. he's talking. So here's the deal. Here's why I love that, though, because here's why. They've made it so he, so you think about the, the evolution of taunting. So yeah, you could okay. used to be able to taunt. Used and to, then yes. like and so by the way, the, the you know the the sad part about the thing with the Philly uh, Philly game with Tom Brady is that the ref came and came to Tom Brady's rescue. That was the sad right. thing. That right. That was the sad thing. Come yeah. on now. But get on but, my line, ref with that. But but the, but the Aaron Rodgers the Aaron Rodgers thing, you think about the evolution of taunting. So you and I can't look at each other like if you stick me. You can't stand like somebody got stood over yesterday. You got a taunting foul, right? Yeah. You yeah. can't stare at me. You can't talk to me. You can't do this to me. We can't flex on me. So yeah. now you have to turn around and you have to do it to the crowd. But see, Aaron Rodgers was doing it to the crowd. So he was the, the, the lady gave him the double finger. I missed that point. He like, yeah. So he started. Yeah, he started talking trash to the crowd. I love it because now you got super fan interaction. But the problem is. You watch an old Miss game with Tennessee, right? Where they hate Lane Kiffin, and all oh. of a sudden they got like ketchup bottles being thrown got, at him and whatnot. Golf they got balls. Gatorade. And all that it was nonsense. a Gatorade bottle yeah. sauce that Lane Kiffin had. I yeah, know man. I gotta... so they're, they're all kinds. I mean, the, the, here's what happened. We talked about it last week. Yeah. The referees and the officials and the people who are making the rules don't really understand what the long term consequences are. We're just finding all these guys are just finding different ways to express themselves. It's going to keep happening. We're smart. We're smart. We'll figure it out. It's like when you tell your kids you can't do something, what happens? They will do it. They'll figure mm -hmm. out a way to get it done. And I'll bring up one more thing about Aaron and Taunty. Early in that game where he did, the linebacker that tackled him, or it was Tom Brady that got sacked in the, in the Thursday night game, mm -hmm. linebacker was pointing at him, if you remember. I think it was – I can't remember. I, can't, I get them mixed up. I'm trying to think it was Aaron or Tom, but one of them, they got sacked. And the, 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 the linebacker was standing on top of him. But as the linebacker stood up, uh, I think it was Aaron, grabbed his face mag and kind of pulled it a little bit. And then the, that's when the, the linebacker went into his point in the finger. because like, you just pulled my face mag. So that was like, he crossed the line. So just come on, ref. I'll say, come on, get off my line. <laughs> Referees, get on your job. Don't be um, just picking out, okay, it's, it's Tom or it's Aaron or it's Pat. I'm not going to throw a flag. Lamar, I'm not going to throw a flag. It's the quarterback. No, throw that flag. 
get off my lawn, throw the darn flag, make it even all around. Okay, it's driving me nuts. Right my, my kids, my, my kids, like the favorite kid, my favorite kids phrase that thrown around my house all the time is double standard, double standard, right? Everything's that's not, not fair. Yeah, man. That's, guys, that's my kids. That's like, that's your that's, fault. That's, that's, that's what we're dealing with right now, man. It's double standard. I'll tell you, here's another one too, right? You watched these games this weekend. It happened over. It started in the early game. Yep. Miami Dolphins couldn't tackle. Right, nobody wraps up anymore. Maybe it was a plane trip over there. Oh, dude. Oh, well. I mean, I'll tell you what. But you see so many guys now. We're getting back. So what what happened? A couple of years ago, you know, everyone starts talking about, oh, we gotta, you know, we gotta get the head out of the game. So we we go we'll look at, we go find some rugby guys. Oh, we'll go rugby tackle. Okay, right, right, right. And then exactly. it's like we're back. We're kind of back where we started. We're like, I, this is what I used to do for a living. Is like I used to teach guys how to tackle better, block better, and everything. And now you're looking again. Like they're not wrapping up anymore. They're just going back to like we're just gonna run into you with my shoulder, right? I talked about I talked about David David Johnson picking up blitz, just like literally like just trying to lean into guys instead of just hitting them. Use your hands, the helmet and hands and everything. And it's like I just hate seeing the way the game devolves. And then you see games, you see teams like the Interior Life for the Cleveland Browns are literally like all hands inside, locked out, look unbelievable. It's like the difference between good and not good is so different now, like. I used to talk about the bandwidth and talent being not that great in the NFL, but the bandwidth and technical execution is crazy right now. It's crazy right now. And that's why all of these like singular athletes can make such a difference in games now because the majority of the players aren't as sound as they need to be. It's nope. crazy. It's almost like, it's like, what are we doing? Like, this isn't that hard to figure out. No, what does Bill Belichick always say when they're like, what do you, hey, what do you want from a defensive player? I want somebody who can tackle pretty well. Like, that's just canned answer. It's like, it's not that hard to figure out, guys. No, no. It's, uh, it's something that we called back in the day. We said it, uh, what's in my toolbox? I, I got this. Yeah. I got this in my, I could pull this tool out. I could do that. I could catch the, you know, I could pick up the blitz. I could catch the ball at the backfield. I could read a coverage. Um, I could read the defense pre-snap. You know, I had to do all that. That was in my toolbox. So I wasn't panicking when I saw Derek Brooks blitzing or if I saw John Lynch blitzing and wasn't my guy. Hey, he's mm-hmm. a free runner. I'm not going to let a free runner come in my backfield and I'm still in the backfield. Now, if I'm in the flat, that means I'm on the route. I'm in route. Throw me the ball. But if I'm in that backfield, I'm, I'm hitting one of them. So it's just having those things, you know, cut blocking to uh, shoot. I told Coach uh, Sherman sometimes he didn't let me do it, but I'm like, I'll punt the ball. You know, but if, long, if uh, what was it, Long? Not Longwell. Um, Bidwell. Bidwell. When Bidwell got hit, hurt, I could punt. I averaged forty point five in high school. <laughs> he wasn't gonna let me do it. Though. I was no, like, Coach, no. You should have seen his face. He was like, Can you imagine? Oh my god. He looked at me like, come on. You pull a hamstring. If you pull a hamstring punt, come on. Jeez, oh peach. All right, Could next one for me. Yeah, it was. Hey, next one for me. Hey, don't think all these little shovel pass plays we saw Aaron throw one to Lazard. Then it started with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey a few weeks ago. We've been running these shovel passes since yeah. I was a freshman in 1995 right. at the University of Nebraska. Go Big Red. This thing ain't new. Get off my lawn trying to run all these shovel passes and make it look like it's a new thing to the dynamic of an offense. No, it's been around for almost 30 years. That's Get right. right. Yeah, LP, retro. Yeah, me and LP, God rest his soul, LP, Lawrence Phillips, we, we revolutionized getting the ball from the center and taking it to the house. So I don't want to hear this. 
Come on, these nice little these offensive coordinators. Matt, nothing to nothing I'm taking away from Matt LaFleur. They just copycatting each other. We already know how this works, Mike, in the NFL. It's a copycat league. Yeah. They see one team sees something that works for another team, another team. And and sure enough, I would I would mark my word, it was like a month ago. I saw Pat Mahomes bell out to the right, pitch it back left to Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. And every week since then, I've seen at least one, maybe two teams do it to either a tight end or wide receiver. So 1995 Broskies has been running for that long. Me and T Frey's been doing this right. I know y'all looking at our film. So get off my lawn trying to make y'all think y'all didn't come up with a new idea. It ain't happened. What's no, old is new and what's new is old, right, man? And we, hey, we just exactly. keep coming back in style, man. It's like the Beatles, man. My, my daughter's got a Beatles T-shirt. I go, what, what song do they play? She's like, I don't know, but they're cool. <laughs> oh, she got to know what's, what's the, the yellow uh, submarine. She got at least yeah, know. Yeah, 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 right, right. No, my daughter. My daughter knows your stuff, man. I'm just messing around. But you get my point. Like, yeah. I see all these dudes wearing, like, concert, like, tour T-shirts now and stuff. I'm like, how do you know Def Leppard, bro? And he's like... Right. Who's Def Leppard? I was like, it's the tour shirt you're wearing. He's like, no, nah, it's just, right, just cool right now. <laughs> I would go in on him. I would go in because I see people wear Batman and they can't even tell me who Alfred is. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> hold up. You got a Batman <laughs> t-shirt? I'm not that passionate about Def Leppard, though, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying? Like, you see, if I, if I was like, if I see somebody like wearing a Tupac shirt, a Biggie shirt, I'm like, give me one song. What's your hottest, right. what's the hottest album that Biggie dropped that you like? And they can't, who Biggie? I'm like, why you got the shirt on, bro? Why you a Batman fan? Why you a B.I.G. fan? Don't even wear that stuff if you don't know nothing about it. That's my that's where I come in at. I uh, love it. I love, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm that intense about a lot of things, but I wear the same t-shirt. I wear the same t-shirt every single day. And I, you want to know why? Because I, yeah. I read something about like Steve Jobs or something that like, it's just one thing you got to not worry about. It's like one less thing. So I was like, man, I just ordered like a couple hundred dollars in t-shirts. I'm like, man, I got t-shirts. If you look around this closet, man, I turn the same t-shirts, three, three colors, like man. It. I'm up to, I'm up to five colors now. I'm job done. But <laughs> I hear you. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Like sometimes, sometimes you try to get, uh, you know, sometimes trying to, someone's trying to act like they're a fan of something you're into, man. It's like, man, you're not a real fan. It's like, and then I always go like this, like, did I really need to say that? And I go, yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. All right, I think you got one more here on the list. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> the, the last thing is, like, I just – because we have so many people in the NFL now that are just, like, we're experts, subject matter experts. I watch film, I'm an expert. I played Madden, I'm an expert. I'm on TV, and I'm an expert. I, I'm a personnel guy, and I'm an expert. And I just – I heard this thing this morning. It was kind of funny because – you think about how many you think about how many guys that are first round picks don't live up to the hype. Right. right. And it's not. Wow. And again, we always think that they're it's it's crazy because we always think that they're failures when in reality, they probably weren't picked where they should have been picked. True. The pressure that was put on them probably isn't justified. In other words, the people that were doing the job of picking that human were probably wrong. Right. Way like off. like how like now looking back. Justin Herbert is better than Tua Tungavailoa, and it's not even close. It's true. not. It's not even a conversation. But Very do you remember true. Tank? Do you remember Tank for Tua? Tank for Tua. It was like it was a. It was a warning. It was a cry for help from all Miami Dolphins, all the teams that were going. Like remember the Dolphins started like one and or zero oh and seven last year yeah. or the year before. Mm -hmm. 
And it was tank for Tua, tank for Tua, tank for Tua. Nobody's talking about these other guys, right? We see this all the time, man, like high, dra- high draft picks, defensive linemen, defensive ends. Remember the old tweeners that were like, oh, this guy's a surefire. And, like, and we would get – I remember we got Jamal Reynolds, man. Remember we picked up yeah. Jamal Reynolds? Picked, and there's not it's not his fault. He's a Florida State no, it's not. Tenth pick it in the draft. It's not their fault. That's what he I tell fans all the time. Yep, he was a 245 pound defensive end. And you're like, bro, no, you're not. That is not a real thing. That's a Because linebacker. you can't, you know what I'm saying? That that's well, that's something. It's something else, right? But it's, it's not, not a D line, man. Yeah, it's not, especially back in the 2000s. No, no. And we have all these guys, and I always feel like because it's it's happening right now again. Like everyone's if they're talking about like uh, you know, who which one of these quarterbacks is, you know, who's failing, who's not living up to the, you know, it's like, dude, you guys hyped him. What are you talking about? It's your fault. Right. It's like Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, the guy was on TV today is, Oh, it was, uh, it was, it was my favorite commentator right now. Uh, uh, Lewis Riddick and Lewis Riddick was like, I'll give you guys some inside former story. Player, man. Like former player. Yeah. Former players. Like when I was in personnel, he goes, we, you know, Seattle Seahawks, the, everyone thought Russell Wilson could be a top five, top 10 quarterback. But because he literally wasn't tall enough, yep, nobody wanted to draft that. him. I nobody wanted it. to draft him, not because I he wasn't going to be good, but because if he, in the off chance that he wasn't good, they know they'd get fired because he didn't have the measurables. And it's like you got to start somewhere with all your numbers and cutting the herd and everything. But it's like, man, oh man, I'm gonna join you line. on that. I'm gonna join you with that, bro. Because with Russell Wilson, yeah, I watched him dismantle my Cornhuskers when we got yep. introduced to the Big Ten, right? That was, I think, his first or second year at Wisconsin. Okay. He gets, uh, you know, he's done. He's a senior. He goes, he moves on to the NFL, gets drafted. I do the Ricky premiere in Los Angeles, California, his rookie year. So it's it's uh, Russell Wilson, Robert Griffin III, um, a kid out of Oklahoma State that went to Dallas. He was a baseball player. Can't think of his name right now. And uh, I think Andrew Luck. We have the rookie premiere. You know, where we get to go out and introduce ourselves to the rookies, kind of help them with coming into the NFL. We're coming there as mentors, you know, for these players. So I sit down with Russell, you know, and I was like, that was my whole little thing was trying to get to him just to say, man, great player. You know, you're an awesome player. You know, kick my team's butt, you know, and I just want to talk to him. So I got that opportunity, sat down with Russell, talked to him, five, 10 minute conversation. Just, hey, man, how you doing? My name's Amon. He's like, no. Sir, he started calling me, sir. I'm like, no, don't call me, sir. He said, I know you who you are. You know, you know, great to meet you. I'm like, great to meet you. And we just talked. We talked football. We talked a little bit. Family at, his, uh, at that time, wife was there. Uh, friends and other were, for, were there as well. We talked, conversation. It was just a good conversation. I walked away from that conversation. And the first, uh, I think it was, uh, it was either Tequil Spikes was there as another veteran or another mm-hmm. former player. And I said, if the Seahawks don't win a Super Bowl, it won't be Russell's fault. I mean, if they don't put him at quarterback, they he no. I said, the Seahawks are going to win a Super Bowl if they let him play quarterback in the next five to ten years. You can just I said tell. that. I just did from that conversation, and I already yeah. you know I seen the gameplay. Uh, I watched it in person when he came when they came when when our Huskers my Huskers came to Gap Randall that year, um, the year for two years. You know, I watched the game, and he basically took us apart, running with his legs, throwing with his arm. So I knew, and, and and it came out. But it's about, we recognize game. Like you said it earlier, you know from an offensive line standpoint, when you see a guy, when you see a guy at the tackle, guard, or D-line, that's a grown-ass man. We know. 
Like, as, when I see a running back, wide receiver, quarterback, I know because why? We played the game. So, yeah, these experts on TV, oh, my God. I could go, I could say, I could talk about this forever, man. They, they, oh, woo <laughs> I don't know what, it, yeah, they drive me nuts because I tell fans all the time. I tell my, um, my kids at Lakeland. I tell family members when we're watching the game, why is he doing that? I'm like, because it starts with the scout. You know, I'll be like, I'll bring that up. I'm like, they put him, like, prime example, for the last four years up until now, I was always explaining to my family, my wife's families are Bear fans, okay? So when I I broke it down to them that it wasn't Mitch Trubisky's fault, that it was the scout that picked him to told him, who talked to the GMs that, hey, we need to take him and trade up for him. When you pass on Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, and um, Deshaun Watson. Oh. Right? <laughs> and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's the scout. It's not Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's fault because Mitch Trubisky was bet, at best a high second, third round quarterback coming out of North Carolina. He won 13 games in one <laughs> year. That was it. He didn't play against nobody. He didn't have the competition. He maybe didn't have the coaching either, but he wasn't that talent in the first round that they you know wasted on, and that basically why he's not a bear right now. That was not on him. That was on the scouting of the Bears uh, GM and scouting department that messed up. And so, yes, get off my lawn, hyping these players up, getting them drafted, and then when they fail, you only got you really have nothing to say, or you keep throwing them under the bus. So get off my line with that. I'm with you with that one, right? AG, what do you think the percentage is of um, expectation? No, uh, I guess reason behind of where you get drafted based is based. How much of that is based in your success? Like, for example, if I don't go to Green Bay, if I don't go to Green Bay, I know I could have played it like other teams, but with who they had, the situation I went into, mm-hmm. the development, that like the the timeline that I got, that all really helped the quarterback that we had, the running back that we mm-hmm. had, all that. It makes a difference, man. Like I could have gone to other teams, especially in free agency, my first time around, and I was like, man, like I, we like if I could have gone, I was, I was this close to going to San Francisco. And I'm looking over at San Francisco like the next three years, and they were terrible. And I'm like, oh my right. god, what if I was there? Like people would just Correct. think I'm terrible too. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? It, it, that, what do you think that number is? It's ooh. probably different for everybody, but the percent. So percentage on. Ask the question. What's the What's the question? What's like time? like how like okay? So how much of where you go determines how successful you are? Ooh, I would say that percent. If you put a number to it, I would have to say it is seventy percent up to that player. And then the 30% yeah. is on the fact that he got drafted at that position. Yeah, that's fair. I say 70-30. 70-30. makes 30. sense. Yep, because makes for sense. me, I, that. I, I was, I was, I mean, because we're kind of of that. We were yeah. in that situation because yeah. I get drafted. Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the main reason I came out my junior year at Nebraska. I told people this, but I mean, this might be the first time you're hearing this. Because I was told by the some called prognosticators of mm-hmm. where you might get drafted at that time, which I found out then it was all BS. It's <laughs> legit. Now there's a legit yeah. committee now that can yeah. rate a player and give him a true answer back right. in 1998. It wasn't there, but I was told it was, it was real. So I listened to this committee 
tell me that, oh, you're going to get drafted late first round, early second round. So I'm sitting there as a smart college kid, like, I'm making nothing to, okay, I might be a late, I might be the 31st pick of the first round, or I might be the, the 32nd pick, which is the first pick of the second round. Hmm. Should I stay in college? <laughs> Should I stay in college? No. Yeah. You know what? No. I'm going to bet on me. I know I'm going to be ready. I'm going to get myself, I'm going to go to combine training. I'm going to get running this and that. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. I'm going to bet on me. And so things fall out the way they may. It, you know, so yeah, it is, it is interesting. And so I knew that I controlled my destiny. If I could get in shape like I was in college and do my thing, I go run a 4140 twice, 417, 418, and I still go third round. So I just knew, I learned then the harsh reality of, Behind players that had a you ran a four one eight, yes, Jesus Christ! I ran a four one seven and a four one eight. How do you know that was possible? At my pro day, the only people faster than me was Olympic sprinters and Bo Jackson. That's it. I, I'm faster Bo than Dion. Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson was pretty fast though. He was no, that's why I said he ran a one four. He ran a forty and a one four point one five. Okay, at two at two forty five, that's scary. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That, that is, was you just said doesn't make sense. You got to say that you're like you. You understand an offensive, li- a fast offensive lineman, not a real fast one, but a Derek, fast one. Derek Russell, they, Derek Russell. They, they they run, they run like a uh, like a four six. No, like a, no, no, like no, like uh, Walt Jones ran like a four six five, and like those guys. But yeah, but nice. most guys like a like a fast player would run like a five flat. O line, O line, D line. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. You ran a four one eight. But I'm just saying. It's great that yeah. we play the same sport, isn't it? <laughs> and eventually we were teammates. It was that's special. Right, but yeah, just to your point of get off my line right there, the scouting. Yes, you I mean you tell me. So I had uh, what's his name, Halstead, the head coach at that time for the Dolphins at my pro day, and all 31 teams were there at that time. Um, and half of 31 teams was like. He should go first round. You know, I've never seen that since. If a few guys said I haven't seen that since Bo Jackson. And where did I go? I was the third round, 76th pick overall. And you, you know how big that chip on my shoulder? You see the space over here yeah, behind man. me? That, that's how big that chip was when I got to Green Bay. <laughs> that's why I ran and what I did. Because I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. I was a sports fan growing up. And finding out literally a harsh way that politics it's all about politics. Cause remember a guy by the name of Lawrence Phillips went, you know, he got drafted number six overall two, three years before I did. Yeah, so that's that, problems. That's so, problems so for that, you. So that so the LP bomb, I was still affected by the LP bomb. And we already know that story, you know? Yeah. And it's like, really? I say I was complete. I say if you really knew us, we were different characters but we were teammates in the same we were brothers you know i understand his pain he understood you know we understood that but still it's like y'all gonna look at that and compare me and like really and the same thing happened with ricky williams and cedric benson that's ricky right Will- you know, that's ricky right williams yeah drafted, and yep. then cedric benson got labeled oh he might be like a ricky williams because he has yep. the dread just because he had dreadlocks it's like come on y'all come on really and that was mel kuyper with that hair dude that used to, used to get buried you know, I, I, I'm not saying, look, I ain't mad at Mel for making some money, but bro, 
back in the day, we already know that GMs and coaches were listening to guys like him. Now they, 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 they're a little bit smarter. But back in the day, 98, 99, you know, 90s, 80s, they were listening to guys like that to bring up their draft list, to make up the draft list, watching yep. them on TV. And they hurt some guys' careers. So, yeah, my dad, for a fact, my dad, if he would could track him, Mel Kuyper down, he would have. Because Mel Kuyper said some ill things about me, and my dad was like, he was hot. He was like, that's yeah, it, huh? I'm about to make it. Where does this dude at? I'm like, dad, I don't know. But don't do not do nothing. He's like, no, he's talking about my boy. He can't be talking about my boy like that. I'm about to lay him down. I'm like, dad, don't lay him down. That's going to hurt. That's only going to hurt your draft stock. <laughs> right. No, yeah, that definitely hurt my stock. Don't lay Mel Kuyper down, you know? And I was like, oh, man. But yeah, these, yeah, it's just, it's just like I said. We understand the game, so why don't you hire people like us? Because we know what a good – you know what a nose guard looks like. Like a good – but, but even then – but even – there's – I mean, listen, there's some ex-players that go into personnel. I mean, Dan, Mor- Dan Morgan's been running around the league for about 10 years now doing a yeah. great job. Yes, yeah, Seattle, think, but, Buffalo. But, well, know, with Seattle. Seattle, Buffalo, he's back in Carolina. But wow. you have to find the right places, right? You have to you find should. the places that will allow you – to do your job in a proper manner and not be so worried about what you're talking about with politics or having a structure there where exactly. it's like owner wants X, we're doing X. Doesn't matter what's right. So, right. man, there's, there's so there's so much we can get into, man. Well, but yeah, that one, yeah, we that, we could carry that one over for every uh, every show for the season. <laughs> but we're gonna end it there. Uh, so this is a great show talking with you, Mike, and I hope everyone <laughs> had a great time. With this uh, this episode here, this was a fun. Well, this is Bears Week. It's, that's probably one thing we were probably amped up to be in Bears Week. Yeah, now man. it's over, and now it moves on to the next team. Um, so just want to wrap up the show. So yeah, download. You can download this podcast wherever you download podcasts, which is Apple, Spotify, um, uh, Apple. What does it say? Apple Podcast, Spotify. Oh, iHeartRadio. That's the other one. And uh, we love the feedback. Give us the feedback. We need that. That w- is what makes us better. And then we have the Twitter handle. It is on my block on Twitter. That's on my, as on underscore my underscore block underscore. It is on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Green 30 and Instagram at the same name, Green 30 and on Facebook. And Mike, let everybody know where uh, they can find you. Yeah, man. Hit us up at uh, Twitter at Unrivaled ESS or Process to Perform on Instagram. Uh, easiest way, honestly, guys, you got any, any questions you want answered? on uh about the packers about football anything any i mean you can probably tell we talk about just about anything on here so you got questions for us man hit us up on our own twitter accounts probably the fastest way to do it and uh, we'll get you on the show man thanks yep all right man have a good rest of your week talk to you next week mike all right agc Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.